Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Banks of the Raritan Podcast, presented by the Fans First Sports Network. Banks of the Raritan Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Greg Petuto here as your host, as always, with Matt Forno. Rutgers is 6-2. It still feels weird to say as we head into the bye week, Rutgers being bowl eligible. 6-2. Calendar hasn't hit November yet. It's an amazing time to be a Rutgers fan. Matt, it's been a busy fall for all of us on these weekends as football-related incidents, non-football, a lot of plans going on. Anything exciting for the bye week coming up? For the bye week? No, I think this will be the first Saturday. I actually just decide to stay home and watch college football with no stress, no worries, no frills, and just hopefully make some money gambling. But, hey, maybe I'll go bowling too, hit the, hit, hit the lanes, maybe get a couple strikes and celebrate like Rutgers. I mean, it's a crazy time, 6-2. and two. And I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm crazy when I'm saying there's probably just two more possibly winnable games on the schedule. I think we're asking for a lot for that. But uh, if you watched Iowa last weekend or any week, really, I'm, I cannot say that Rutgers can't win that game. They're, they're just a, the weirdest college football team. Uh, and I don't think I want to watch that game in a couple of weeks. But we'll focus on Rutgers winning and getting a nice bye week, much needed rest and Excited to see you. Now we're playing with house money. Let's see how it goes. I don't, that's an interesting game, too. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Maybe during the bye week. Who knows? We'll have some. we got a couple weeks here. But I, I still don't think Rutgers can, can score enough to compete in that game. And that kind of segues me into my point to begin the podcast here. I'm seeing a lot on Twitter. We're seeing a lot on social media. And, and Matt, I'm going to be the first one. I'll ask you first. Is Rutgers back? Because that's that seems to be the tone around Twitter. They're six and two. Greg, does Greg Schiano have this team back? And, and to me, I'm not sure of the answer to that question yet. I'd like to ask you as well because you're a Jet fan, and I feel like not to take an indirect shot at the Jets. This is kind of the having trouble scoring. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers injury has all of that, but it feels like a similar situation with Rutgers. 
Their schedule's been very, very favorable. I don't think anybody can deny that. So is Rutgers back? In my personal opinion, I think they need to win one of the next four for me to start to believe that. I'm not asking for two. I think either beating Iowa or Maryland will give me that sense that, all right, this team has improved. They're taking that next step. But with the teams that have been on their schedule, I'm not sure if I'm ready to to get to that point just yet. Yeah, I, I, I... To be honest, uh, since I've attended, since I was a student starting in August 2013, I think the idea of Rutgers, quote unquote, being what they were, I never really got that feel. 2014 was awesome. 2013 was fine. But everything that was great and dominant, not, I don't, I'd say dominant for the, for, for Rutgers history was before kind of that period, you know, starting in the 2006 and moving forward is where we really got to see what Rutgers was all about. And I think the most important thing is, I don't know if they're, they're certainly not back offensively. I mean, it's just true. Uh, we run the ball great. Any team, But the thing is, is I think any, any good football team should be able to run the ball. So that's awesome. I'm not taking away from that. And clearly we saw a lot from Gavin, which was encouraging with his legs. But when I think about Rutgers being back, I think about it more from just like kind of a Greg Shiana perspective. And the way he celebrates on the sideline when we win these games, Michigan State, Indiana, getting us to a bowl game, we're seeing that improvement. We're on the way of being back. But I don't think we're at that level where, I mean, we finally received a vote in the APP. AP poll. I don't know if it's one person or two people. I don't know how the voting works. I think it was just one person that included us in it, which is great. Technically, we're like the 34th, 34th ranked team in the country. But I still think Rutgers is back when they get that signature win. And it's tough because I think that Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are all better than the best wins that Rutgers has. USF and Louisville. I think all three of those teams in the Big Ten are definitely better and more histor- uh, better programs than those those wins. So it's it's another leap to another boundary to leap over. But they're on the way to being back. But they still need that signature win. And uh, I don't. I I guess you know I was I was a history program. Maryland's good. I think if Rutgers gets to seven wins, that's a huge 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 step forward that not many people were expecting. And I think that's fair. But the way the defense has been playing, specifically the defense and the special teams, I have to say the special teams, and the way they've run the ball, it just reminds me of what Greg Shiano would want from a program now. We're just going to need to be able to pass the ball better. And we didn't need to pass the ball this past game. It's not, we're, we're still waiting. I don't know if that's going to happen against Ohio State, but Rutgers is on the way back, I'll say that. I don't want to say they are back, but getting to a bowl game is a huge accomplishment. I agree. Six wins was the mark for this year, and I think you put it perfectly. They're on the way. They're not there yet. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take anything away from the accomplishments of this season because what we're seeing is an improved team on the field, and that was basically what fans should have wanted from this season, especially coming off last year. The team looks improved. They have a different feel, especially defensively. And that's not just against these layups that they've had on the schedule. That's against Michigan and Wisconsin. The defense came out, and they competed and kept them in those games against the, the higher-end opponents on the schedule. Obviously, four more games left as the schedule continues to get a little tougher. I'm I'm with you. I think they need that signature win. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to come against Ohio State or Penn State, obviously, and I wouldn't necessarily put the tag of signature win against Iowa or Maryland. But for Rutgers to take another step forward, I think beating a second tier team in the Big Ten like Iowa or Maryland, considering there's three tiers, however you want to break up the conference, that's a huge step forward. Nobody expected them to to compete in those games. Iowa's going to be difficult. It's on the road. They play good defense. Maryland's obviously a physical team. They could score, but 
beating any one of those teams, getting to seven and five on the season will be a huge step forward. But to say they're back, that considering where they were in the Big East with Greg Schiano, I don't know if they'll they'll get there. That's going to take a very very long time because that would put them at the near the top of the Big Ten. Not sure when that's going to happen, but this team is trending in the right direction. And aside from the schedule, the play on the field has improved greatly. And that's what fans should be excited about. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the six wins on paper, take them at face value, the teams aren't great. But when I'm looking at bowl, like the Ruck, Rucker's six wins compared to other teams that are on the verge of being six wins, my one friend sent me Boston College's schedule. And apparently, Boston College is almost bowl eligible or is bowl eligible. If you look at their schedule, top to bottom, Rutgers may have went 10-2 and two playing that schedule and favored in all 10 of those wins. So, yes, Rutgers wins haven't been against haven't been against difficult opponents just yet. I think, you know, obviously Michigan State struggling, Indiana struggling, Virginia Tech struggling. But Rutgers doesn't win those games two years ago, most likely. So that's the improvement that we're seeing. But then you look at other teams that also have six wins that are are also bowl eligible or maybe have five wins. And it's not even close to teams that they're playing. Like Rutgers' schedule looks like they're they're playing college football playoff opponents compared to those. So that I mean, we can make the joke that Rutgers has has, has six six better wins than Michigan, for example. So like, right? It, Michigan it, hasn't played anybody. Right now, that again, it's all about Rutgers winning the games that they can win, and that's what they've done, which is great. But it is crazy to say six and two. I think I think that just oh, my geez. my main thing I want for the rest of this season. And we'll get it. We'll talk about Indiana, and I think we saw a lot of good things and some concerning things, but mostly overall good is just finishing the season strong and not being satisfied or content with, hey, we did what we needed to do. Now we can just, you know, get to Thanksgiving and and, and be off for a couple weeks before we have to start training camp up or whatever, winter camp, whatever they call it. It's, it's, if they can, I just think about the importance of the Ohio State game, but mostly from like a fan perspective. It also, as much as I want the team to keep momentum, I want the fans to now be like, hey, we're six and two. Let's find a way to make Saturday against Ohio State a really exciting environment, despite whatever the outcome may be, because it's going to be a nationalized, tele- nationally televised game. So a lot of people are going to be watching. I'm not exactly sure why it's a nationally televised <laughs> game. Um, that's fine. Uh, great. But I think that maintaining this momentum and building up the fan bases is what needs to be accomplished now, because anything more than six wins is great. But now we need to figure out other ways to grow. And I think that has to do with just, Finding a way to fill the stadium next Saturday. Um, and I, I know that Ohio State fans will be there, and they'll be wearing red, so you won't know. Uh, but it's it's going to be important for that stadium to look good on Saturday. And it's a shame it's not like a 3.30 game because it would be nice and dark by the end of the game. But I'll take noon. I'll take – because I have a concert in New Brunswick actually, actually at night that day, so it works out. But in any case, it uh, should be a special one for, for the fans, I say. Yeah, when you look at the schedule, it's interesting to see – the breakdown of it for Rutgers and you can only play who's on your schedule, but this is answering the question. Does Rutgers belong in the big 10? Again, the answer is yes. And yes, six and two is great bowl game. Great. But look at the rest of the teams. And and that's why Rutgers and Maryland have not gotten that respect in the big 10 because they haven't done it yet. They haven't been there. Um, Even teams like Northwestern, they're down, but they've had um, success in the big 10, obviously a couple championship game appearances. Indiana's a story program. Obviously we know what Iowa is. Michigan State has had their success. Rutgers and Maryland are the two teams that haven't been there yet. So that's why they get, you know, downplayed a lot. But 
Rutgers is right in the right in the middle of this conference right now. Indiana's way down, and they got a long way to go. Michigan State way down. Who knows where they're going to go with their new coach? They're basically restarting. Northwestern's bad. You know, Illinois looks bad. Nebraska's on the rebuild with Matt Rule. Rutgers is right in the middle of this conference, so the answer is yes, they belong there. And as for the non-conference, these games are scheduled so far out. You never know how Virginia Tech's going to be down like they were this year. Obviously, Wagner, everybody has a layup on their schedule, though, like a Wagner, so we can't even count that against Rutgers. And then Temple, same thing. They had a few good years back then, so who knows what they were going to be when Rutgers actually played them. You can only play who's on the schedule. I think the next four games will be very telling. And like you said, pack the house for Ohio State. Even if it's lopsided, at least make some noise in the building. Show the show the country that you know Rutgers has a home field, that they can get people in the stadium. I think that's going to be a very important game to show off kind of the culture that Greg Schiano has built on that nationally televised stage. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> there's, I think it was hmm, 2021, maybe. I think it was 2021 where I think Aaron Kirkshank was still on the team and he took like a, I think we were already down maybe by two scores, but the stadium looked great. Remember he took like a 70 yard, like drag, ha- drag route to the house and it looked great. Fans were excited. It's it's what you want to see, even if you're going to be losing excitement over plays. But it's going to be obviously a game that's won by the defense. Um, we're, we'll talk about the a more detailed breakdown later. But I guess we can we can focus more on Indiana. Um, but the overall, just before we get into that, it's it, I was just looking at the standings of the, of the Big Ten and to see Rutgers. I know that they Maryland had a I think Maryland had a bye last weekend. Yeah. For the fact that they're bowl eligible for Maryland, I think is really, really encouraging. Now, Maryland does play Northwestern, but it's on the road in Evingston, and that's not where I, I do not want to play a noon game, which is an 11 a.m. kickoff there. It's just, it's a trap. It happened to Penn State. It happened to Ohio State a couple years. Uh, it happened to Rutgers a couple years ago. They lost. It's just not where you want to be at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, but just, you know, also looking at Maryland's wins, I mean, they beat. Did they really start against? They went Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, Michigan State, Indiana. I, I mean, you, I think Rutgers has played six better teams or has won, won five games since they only won those five games that are better than than what Maryland has played. And Maryland lost at home to Illinois. So, you know, I like to look at yeah, the way one. people were talking about Maryland. I think they may have jumped into the top twenty-five. I don't think they did. For no, they I don't think they did. They were they should have been. I think, but yeah, they didn't. They haven't played anybody either. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's so it's I think teams are a lot quicker to give Maryland credit and they deserve it because they have an exciting quarterback and exciting offense. But I think I saw something that their offensive coordinator or offensive assistant. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin was arrested on DUI charges. I don't know what's going to come from that, but I'll take any type of adversity can hit that program before we play them. So. Regardless, if this game against Ohio State upcoming goes poorly, there's one more home game, and it should be exciting because Rutgers will be bowl eligible and possibly on the shot for seven or eight wins. So there's still a lot more to look forward to for this season. And that's why the the schedule, the Big Ten, you should say Rutgers belongs because the conference is down. The teams you just mentioned, you know, Michigan State, Indiana. I mean, Minnesota's not an impressive win for anybody this year. Illinois nope. last year proved to be a, a flash in the pan. They're back down. Nebraska looks bad, even though I'm a big Matt Rule fan. They'll be up soon, but they're down. Like there's a lot they're of teams. Better. There's a lot of teams in this conference that you play, and it's not an ex, it's not a, a big win. You know, outside of the top three, obviously, 
Wisconsin kind of starts that second tier. Maryland's in that second tier. And honestly, Rutgers might be the, the last team in that second tier to, as we are now. I don't think they're as bad as, you know, the Northwesterns, the Indianas. And we've seen that on the field, which is another reason that people should start saying Rutgers belongs in the Big Ten because they've played these lesser teams in the Big Ten. They've beat all of them. They beat two of them convincingly. And until they get that signature win, they might not say they're fully back, but they're right in the middle of the Big Ten right now. So with the way the conference is aligned, I mean, it's hard to say this team doesn't belong. I think anybody saying that now is just, you know, a Rutgers hater and kind of ignorant to the fact that, you know, they're 6-2 and two and going to a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, I, I to speak to speak more generally about that, you look at field hockey. Uh, I know that they got, apparently, I'm not a, I don't know the rules of field hockey, but apparently they got screwed on a shootout, should have beat number one Northwestern. But regardless, you know, you have field hockey that performs well. I know that they're down a little bit this year, but men's and women's soccer have done tremendous. Didn't men's soccer win the Big Ten tournament? Last or soccer? Year, yeah. yeah. And women's have made it to the Final Four. I think lacrosse. Two years like ago all the of four, the yeah. programs are extremely competitive. If if football can consistently get to six wins, the, the sky is truly the limit for, for Rutgers athletics because – when, when, when you have a good football program, you have good everything. They're everything, including academics, including the university, including the fans. Everything's good. So if we can, if they can continue to ride this wave, when you look at what they've done on the basketball court, uh, you've seen what they've done on the wrestling mat, on the lacrosse field, the soccer field, everything, and, and Rutgers baseball. I mean, it's, it's just a very exciting time to be a Rutgers fan. Like, if you are... If you're a fan of all of those sports just outside of Rutgers and you be you know you could start watching all of these just adds another layer of fun for your enjoyment in your sports fandom. So that's my biggest thing with Rutgers is New Jersey can get behind one specific team top to bottom. It can be Rutgers on all levels. Let's get a hockey team next. And there's plenty of hockey players in New Jersey. It's just, and that's a little bit different, but the Big Ten will probably beat the crap out of us. Yeah, six wins is the mark, and that should be the goal every year because they're not good. They're just not going to compete with, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, even Penn State right now. It's not going to happen. It might, you know, in the future, who knows, but they're just not at that level just yet. That's why they have to get to a bowl game consistently because people are going to come. Greg Schiano has proven that he could get recruits. People are going to come if they start to play postseason football. So they were able to get there against Indiana. So I guess we'll dive into that game as much as we yeah. can. Another ugly start. I mean, we look at we look at fourth and seven and, and, you know, a breakdown in the second ever for a guy wide open in the end zone. I know Indiana didn't throw the ball a lot in this game. You know, the, the defense shirt up after that. But this secondary was, you know, a big question mark for me this whole season. That kind of proves it there. Again, they weren't beat up this whole game, but can't have breakdowns like that in the secondary, especially on a fourth and seven play. I mean, the guy was, you know, 30 yards open in the back of the end zone. That was a little concerning early in the game. Yeah, I mean, and that was one thing I said a lot repetitively on this podcast is we haven't seen Rutgers allow like a big play, like a, a play where, you know, it wasn't so much that it may be, maybe you're playing against Marvin Harrison and he just beats you. Like, that stuff's going to happen. But this was against Indiana. It was probably our longest touchdown play of the year. And I was just scratching my head, like, what happened? And Flip Dixon just had his eyes on the wrong receiver and let the guy get behind him. I mean, that should have been a turnover on downs and said it was the easiest touchdown I'm sure Indiana had all year. So that was just disappointing to see. Uh, luckily, the they had defense- pressure on the play, too, which is the other yeah. uh, frustrating part. It- and that's that is we that was one thing I was disappointed defensively was obviously that play to start the game. It's just like, what the heck? I'm always a little weary on opening drives because they're typically scripted, but I don't think they scripted this to go to a fourth and long. I would call it fourth and long. Like 
because they weren't going to kick the field goal. It would have been a stupid punt. I think it was the right decision to go for it, but it was, it, it just was, it, it, I was scratching my head. I didn't understand what was going on there. It was disappointing, but yeah, this, the, after that, the defense made plenty of stops. They allowed another touchdown, but then another scoreless half from a team, which I think is just awesome. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, it was, it was probably Flip Dixon's worst play of the year. Uh, and I just hope it just thinks that it happened against a, inferior offense because if that happens if that's going to happen again against ohio state it's going to be 52 nothing can't allow that yeah they not to nitpick the defense but that a play like that can happen a miscommunication that's what makes me nervous about that ohio state game is this secondary because it really hasn't played up the way i've expected it to you know robert Longerbeam has had some good games um flip dixon obviously last week played well Max Mellon hasn't been that number one corner that we want, and and Marvin Harrison Jr. could have a huge a huge game in two weeks. We'll obviously break that game down further, but the defense shirt up from there, kind of like they did against Michigan State. They allowed that long drive against Michigan State in the in, during the first possession, and kind of shirt up from there. So the improvements of the defense has been good, and obviously just to allow fourteen points in this game. We got to talk about the special teams again too, making a play. This second week in a row, special teams makes a big play, and it and it was one that. Gave Rutgers control again. In the the play against Michigan State kind of changed momentum. This one shirt up the team. It kind of seemed to flip the game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've always been asking for a special teams touchdown, and I guess I'm just I asked for it. I'm getting it. I'm just getting it in a different way that I've wanted. But they've been look special teams are a third of the game, and it shows. I mean, there's no question about it that uh, the the special teams are an important important part of the game, especially for Rutgers, and they've showed up. And it was an awesome, awesome dis- design. They just yeah. Indiana, I think, shift protection three times. Rutgers answered it and just came out with that all all out pressure, and it worked. It worked beautifully. I mean, Saquon Loyal is just a turnover machine, it seems, and Eric Rogers isn't just in the right spot to make a great play. I mean, it was seamless. He blocked it right into his hands. Touchdown. It was no question, no doubt about it. It was awesome. Uh, and I hope we. That's these are the type of plays that we're going to need to continue to make against better opponents because. That's how you manufacture points or yards on offense. And luckily, the offense didn't need to do anything. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the special teams has been great. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how many times Indiana punted, but I think Christian Dremel was back there returning kicks, which I think was a smart decision. We needed to win this game. We couldn't take any risks. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that everybody, besides a couple of drives, the team overall played well. And, uh, yeah, and, 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 of course, though, this was, the, this was another game where Rutgers – plays against a new starting quarterback because like it was Michigan state where we got a new quarterback, Virginia tech, we got a new quarterback and Brandon Soresby for Indiana. Again, another dual threat quarterback that Rutgers hasn't watched that much film on because I guess Tavon Jack, Tevion Jackson was just not the guy for Indiana. If he was the quarterback, I think Rutgers probably shuts out Indiana because he would have got sacked a lot more. He's not mobile like Brandon Soresby is, but overall I thought that, uh, Special teams played great, and uh, Jay Patel, another field goal, which is awesome, and uh, just keep it rolling. But I, I think that the shift now needs to be huh, on the offense, passing for more than, what, 40 yards? So, yeah, again, not, wasn't going to happen, didn't need to happen, uh, but that's that was like an old Rutgers losing games by 50 points stat line, but... Gavin had almost 150 yards rushing. So it's like, okay, that's how we won the game. Yeah, that's a major concern. It, it, this is the type of game you wanted to see against Indiana first off. Scoring a, a defensive special teams touchdown, you know, kind of shutting them down outside of that big play on the first drive and, and really taking over on the ground. But 
I guess we'll start with the good first, right? We'll say they did run the ball really, really well. Um, Gavin obviously hit the big highlight in that second half with the 80-yard run. I think he had 149 yards rushing, something close to it. Like you said, close to 150. 143, three touchdowns, obviously a huge number. But Kyle Manungai again, one of his more quiet days because Gavin took over on the ground. But 24 carries, 110 yards, over four, four yards to carry again. He just continues to do what he does. And... It was nice to see Rutgers hit that big highlight. You know, Gavin, we knew Gavin was quick. We knew he was big, athletic. It was nice to see him break away on that run to to provide the highlight fans have been waiting for. Yeah, and one obviously that highlight of the 80-yard touchdown run was awesome. Yeah. You, Gavin is clearly a fast player. He just doesn't look quick because he takes such long strides. Like he, he looks slow, but he's clearly fast because nobody touched him except for the guy as he crossed the end zone. Yeah, players um, as big as him don't look fast when they're running, but right. he is. He's very, very quick. But what, what I thought was most encouraging was he picked up a lot of first downs scrambling out of pass plays, which I've been begging for him to do. Like if the field opens up, you're clearly not the most accurate passer. You have the ability to move with your feet, get the first down or get us to fourth and one or third and one. And he did that at least twice, maybe three times. I know he did it on the opening drive. So I'd like to see more of that, but the the designed runs uh, can really by Gavin really is where we pick up a lot of chunk plays on, on first down or second down. It's encouraging to see. We did see a little bit more of Sam Brown, uh, he he's I would love more of him. He, you can see that he's got that. He's just a big dude out there and the youngest guy. But the way Kyle Manunga has been playing is so it, it's it's almost shocking how good he is when he gets past the line of scrimmage. He's not he's not. I don't know if he's the best at anything. He's just good at a lot of things. Yeah. And one of those is breaking tackles and just never almost going backwards it seems so i guess the running game overall was good clearly the passing game we alluded to was bad but one thing that really disappointed me with the offense was not punching it in for six at the end of the first half when they had that muffed punt they had a great play by gavin to set them up and then you know they ran the ball it looked like an offsides but it wasn't it was just disappointed they couldn't punch it in there we've it seems like we've struggled in the red zone i'll take the three points but that was something that i viewed as as certainly a concern it's like oh, we had it there it would have been a knockout punch just going right into the first uh, end of the first half so i was disappointed there but obviously i'll take the three points yeah they've struggled in the red zone because there's no threat of a passing attack that's a, that's obviously a huge factor you have to be two dimensional down there the design runs were nice that should continue over the next couple weeks, he had six. Gavin had sixteen carries. You look at other games; he's only reached double digits twice. The first one coming against Virginia Tech, he had eleven carries. That's going to be a big factor there. But yeah, the red zone struggles. If teams know that you can't really throw the ball, things get bunched up so quickly down there. As you're closer to the end zone, we got to we got to see a passing attack. It's been that I know they didn't have to do it. He only threw the ball twelve times in this game because they were running the ball so effectively. But, I mean, 5 for 12, 39 yards, that's just not going to get it done. That's not a good-looking stat line despite a 31-14 win. I don't know how it's going to be improved because, you know, we're through eight games now and, and nothing has really been improved. But something has to give. I don't know if it's, you know, scheme. I don't know if it's quick passes. I don't know if it's getting more. I mean, they've gotten plenty of guys involved, so there's not really more they could get involved. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but they got to draw something up to improve this passing game, especially against more uh, tougher opponents that are going to score points and they're going to have to play from behind a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see probably a 200-yard pass. The only opportunity I think of a 200-yard passing game is obviously end of the year against Maryland or if something crazy happens against Ohio State and Penn State where there's like broken plays that go for long play, long yards because I imagine we're going to be throwing the ball against them. Defenses too. Yeah, very good defenses. So I still think that there was a lot more. Like when I'm, I'm only using last year as a benchmark. Like I do think that the fact that there hasn't been that many turnovers through the air is certainly an improvement. But I don't know if we're ever going to see that type of passing offense that we want with Kirk Sriracha in at offense. And part of me is content with it because clearly the team is improved on offense. They're winning games. And they're just going to win games the way that they have to win games, not the way we want to like see it. Yeah, obviously we're fans. We want to see things. I want to, I want to see some great pass plays. At this point, though, maybe now that we have that sixth win and we got that monkey off our back, we can loosen it up a bit. Now, we're going to have to loosen it up a bit against Ohio State because they might have the best defense in the country, if not the Big Ten. Um, so it, it's going to be tough, uh, obviously. I think Iowa is good and their defense is stout but it's that's going to be a game that you just don't want to watch you just want to win that game and you're going to win that game by not turning over the ball and playing good defense and then of course penn state is just as good as defense as michigan and ohio state and maryland who i didn't look at this box score uh, against illinois but i think that we should be able to pass the ball there but at that point it's like it's the end of the year you're really going to save it for the last game of the year yeah. to air it out you know where we're going to see we're going to see passing is the bowl game that's where we're going to see bowling yeah. that's 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 going to be the bonus extra cut unedited scene that we see all the passing in. But right now, for me, I'm just in. Maybe it's just I don't think it's loser talk because we're winning. But I'm very content with just running the ball, playing great defense, and not turning it over. That's that is what we are going to get from Kirk Sirach on offense. It's it may not be what we want, but it's 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 simply what we needed this year. Moving forward, that might not be the case though. Yeah, it's been very game by game. I guess you could say because the. He's had two games this year under 50 yards passing, and that's that's almost hard to, to fathom. What? He ran the what ball the well one? in both uh, Virginia Tech. He was 7 for 16, 46 yards. What? And oh, my God. <laughs> that, that's a game he ran for 90 yards and a touchdown, and obviously he ran the ball well on, on Saturday against Indiana too. But looking at the other stat lines, that's kind of what I, I picture Rutgers, and that's what I would like them to be. You know, Use Northwestern, for example. Open the season, he Gavin was 17 for 29, 163 yards, a touchdown, no turnovers. I think that's fair. I think that's where the the line should be set. I mean, 5 for 12 for 39 yards, is it's almost impressive. It's kind of hard to do, you know, especially in this era of football. And it's hard. I'm not going to get too overly critical because he ran the ball really, really well. Kyle Manungai ran the ball really well. I mean, the team had almost 300 yards rushing. So a win is a win no matter how they're going to get it. But they're going to have to open it up. I think uh, the Maryland game, like you said, is the best chance for that. And the bowl game for any fans in attendance at the bowl game um, could see Gavin throw the ball a little bit. And there might be a lot of fans there if they end up in the pinstripe bowl. That's where I'm seeing a lot of projections, them ending up there. So we'll see where they end up. Let's talk about that possibility after we get done with uh, Indiana, but I have thoughts on the pinstripe bowl or I'm sorry, the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the obviously the passing isn't, isn't great, but looking at just what, what and now Illinois has passed the ball, not great, but enough this year. And Luke Atmeyer went 16 for 28 for 206 yards and two touchdowns. And they ran the ball for probably like a hundred and, 10 yards or so, but I mean, t- 
it's just it just that's what I find frustrating about Rutgers and Maryland. I know I was just mentioning Illinois, but Rutgers and Maryland. It's like Maryland just has always passed the ball so well. It's so frustrating. Um, but right now, I think that uh, that that's like the next step. I think we we've kind of outlined like when we were mentioning how is is Rutgers back, however we want to say it, and that's like. They can't be back until they're able to consistently pass the ball, or just you know, not. They can have a hundred yards on the in the through the air each game, like thirty six yards. Like that's just again, it's it's we're, we're upset that it was thirty six yards, but at no point did it need to be more than that. It wasn't like that's why they were in a tough spot. It's just they ran the ball so well that they weren't going to pass the ball. And I think Greg Schiano has shown if we're up and we have the ball in the fourth quarter, and there's less than. I don't know, seven minutes left. They're going to run the ball and they're going to control the clock and they're just going to be content with the game being over. Other teams, I think, have a little bit more sense of urgency and want to get down the field and score points. You know, Rutgers is still, uh, what, six, no, six, one and one against the spread, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's great. I mean, Greg Shano is doing his job for betters, but it would be nice to see a little bit more points on the scoreboard. But then again, what, they scored 31 against Indiana? Like, I don't know how many games. I don't know how, this season. I feel like we've scored the most points in a Big Ten season since joining the Big Ten. I think. I, I don't know if that's correct, but they're not getting shut out. So that I think that's why they're probably scoring more than previous years, which I think again is another step forward. But you still want to see more through the air. There's yeah. no question about yeah, it. Yeah, you definitely want to see more through the air. It's all eye test. Like in a game like this, I never really felt even at fourteen fourteen. I never felt like Rutgers was going to lose this game. I think it was just because watching Indiana, too, and their inept nature on offense. Even before halftime, they kicked that field goal. Like you said, I would like a touchdown there. But I never was nervous that Rutgers was going to lose this game because I didn't trust Indiana to score enough consistently. And honestly, right now, I think that's how teams feel about Rutgers. And it's because of that lack of passing and... That's something you need in today's era of football, whether it's college or the NFL. You have you need that quarterback that can be able to throw the ball. You need the weapons on the outside. So it's interesting. Is it scheme? Is it receivers not getting open? I mean, I know these guys aren't the best on the outside, but Jaquay Jackson's an athlete. Christian Dremel's shown an ability to get open and catch the ball over the middle. Aaron Young, we know what he could do out of the backfield, even though they're not using him in that nature, which still drives me nuts, but... It's kind of confusing to me. I'm, I'm hoping to open it up a little more, and, uh, you know, especially since they're going to be playing from behind. So I'm curious to see how that works. But, yeah, they got to improve this passing attack. Yeah, and just to shift to the defense, uh, I, I needed to I need to talk about uh, Mohamed Ture. I, I mean, he is – I would die if he hit me, I think. Like, oh, he a had a hit on Jalen Lucas coming across the middle. Now – it wasn't targeting. I could understand if it was, you know, un- unnecessary roughness, defensive receiver. All of that, I don't think, was the case. He just hits people and takes their soul from them, man. It, it's He's so encouraging to watch. And then, I, of course, I always talk about Tyreen Powell, just so fast as a linebacker, made some great plays as well. The defense really does play great. And obviously, we, we want to see – it would have been great to generate some more turnovers, but – the, the team is playing great. Everybody's ta- – and I think the most important thing is just how well everybody's tackling. And that's going to be extremely important against Ohio State and Penn State and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Iowa, obviously, it's going to be very important, but they just don't have that type of explosiveness on offense where I'm too worried about. But the, the linebackers, 
they might be better than the defensive line. I, I think maybe they don't have as much depth, but I think the way the linebackers have been playing, and maybe that's because the defensive line's been playing well, but I, I, I still think that there's just been a, a, a really, really great showing by the defense these last, definitely these last, well, yeah, last two games, I'll say. So just, just continue to continue to chop, and uh, I would have loved to see the sack. They got one, but he just crossed the line of scrimmage, but... The defense, the defense did its job, and they need to continue to do their job. And I would love to see uh, what this team can be like through this last four year, four, four weeks of the season, because we're playing two really great offenses upcoming. Three, really. So they're going to be tested for sure. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, the defense has been really impressive. And I, I agree with you. I think the linebackers are the strength right now. And I've always used the word tough to describe this defense. And it's because of the way they hit. All of them, I feel like they hit hard. They want to tackle you. They're not afraid of contact. And it's really, really refreshing to see. It's a lot of fun to watch, too, the way this defense plays. They're still not able to get to the quarterback consistently, which is why I put the linebackers as the strength. They plug up holes really well. They've stopped the run. It is, it's, a, it's a very fun front seven to watch for this Rutgers team. They're deep. They're tough. They, they hit hard. If the secondary now can maybe take another step forward in these games – That'll be even better because they're, they're playing a lot of talent. I mean, that Ohio State game, they have two of the best receivers in the country. If Ibuka's healthy, I don't think he played this past week, but obviously two more weeks before that game. It's kind of a, it's a shame Kyle McCord is what he is because that team, this is probably the most complete Ohio State team we've seen in a long time, and they just don't have the quarterbacks that they've had because their defense is really, really good. But the Rutgers defense can definitely compete. They'll hit you. They'll make you work at least. Even if, you know, Ohio State or Penn State come out and score 30, 40, who knows what they'll do. They're going to make them work, so... It'll be interesting. Also, one sack, uh, no sacks for the defense, only one for Indiana. This was a bad pass rush coming in, and the offensive line was able to create the push that we expected. I, I continue to be very impressed with the way this offensive line has gelled and played over the course of the season. Yeah, with that play, specifically that sack, I watched it a million times because I was like, what happened here? Just got beat up the middle. Yeah. I think the right guard, just just he just got the step on him and beat him, which – it's frustrating, but that happens, but that used to happen. At least it's not happening, in my opinion, from the tackles because that's when you kind of get, like, blindsided. Like, if you don't see the defensive tackle running straight at you, like, you just – your head's – I don't know where you're looking. But if you get hit from behind or just from the side, that's when we're talking injury. And it's not like Gavin – he tried to make a play out of it, but the pocket just collapsed. Um yeah, that's disappointing. But at the same time, like, the, the offensive line's just been good. And it's really great to know Holland Pierce is a – I think a legitimate starting left, maybe not starting left tackle, but tackle in the Big Ten. He's been playing yeah. great. Uh, and I think that to have Reggie Sutton back, I wrote, I think my first article on On the Banks I wrote about was players I'm excited to watch or things I'm excited to watch. And I was expecting him to be back like week one. It obviously took a couple weeks. But having him back in the starting lineup is a true X factor for this team, especially to play right tackle. So, if we can continue to play good offensively or from get good protection, it's it's going to be needed against Ohio State because they have some great – their defensive line is literally all five stars. So it's going to be David versus Goliath, but 
you know, they handled business. I thought they did well against Michigan. I think they've done well. I think they did well against Wisconsin, Michigan and Michigan State and uh, Indiana, not the best defenses. But again, they've handled their business. They played against other Big Ten teams home and away. So it's just going to be watch the offensive line. Just just watch it because there's a reason Rutgers is rushing for so many yards. And I can't really you can't really use the offensive line as a reason for why we're not passing the ball that much. But they're doing their job. And I think that's extremely important. And hopefully I think one thing Greg Shano did when, during his first couple of years was really targeted the trenches, specifically on the offensive line through the on the recruiting trail. So I think the O-line is only going to get better. And I think we're going to have more like maybe not blue chip players, but not someone like Colin Pierce, who was someone who barely played high school football and was a project to get to where he is. I think we're going to have guys that come in that are ready to play and can play once they put some more weight on. So the offensive line is is, is always important in football, but for Rutgers can be a complete game changer throughout the upcoming years. Yeah, it's also no coincidence that Greg Schoener brings in a guy like Pat Flaherty and, you know, something like this happens. A guy, he's won Super Bowls, he's coached at the NFL level. He's making all of the difference as well as the tackles being strong. But that was a great hire. People knew that was going to be a great one coming into the season. And it's showing on the field because the the line has just been so bad. It's been such a problem for Rutgers since Greg Schiano came back. And it's just not this year. It's been one of the strengths of this football team. And Reggie Sutton, as great of an emotional story as that is, an, an injury that could have ended his football career. So him just being able to play is impressive. But he was their best tackle. He was their best offensive lineman before the injury. So him coming back on the other side of Holland Pierce, it shores up the edges, which is really the important part of football, obviously. The left tackle and the right tackle, two of the most important pieces on that line. They have the offensive line coach now. A very, very impressive group and one that's contributed to this success of the team for sure. Both pass protection and in the run game for Kyle Manungai. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mentioned it. Uh, all the time, how I trust the coaching staff. I think Joe Harris-Simiak's been great as well. Uh, I think I saw him celebrating on the sideline after a... I don't know what the play was, but he he's he's a great defensive coordinator. Pat Flaherty, he's a great offense. I mean, he's the one that's probably the most accomplished. I mean, he's got the two Super Bowl rings on the Giants teams that beat the Patriots twice. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, you can't take that away from him. And uh, I think we're seeing that. And I'm just curious, you know, I'm, I'm not looking ahead. The season's not over yet, but you got to remember the transfer portal is a, is a thing now. It's, 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 it's very much so in the reality of college football. And I'm curious if Rutgers is going to be able to take advantage of that and hopefully protect players as well and keeping them home. I know NIL and all of that is a factor, but it would be really interesting to see an impactful transfer. Not that we, we don't have them right now, because we certainly do with Flip Dixon and Jaquay Jackson, but to get like, like, look at Florida State with Keon Coleman. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking wide receiver, but he's a tremendous wide receiver who played himself into potentially being, you know, an all-American wide receiver in the country. Yeah, I don't think that would have happened at Michigan State. Not saying it, if that were he'd come to Rutgers, it'd be the same situation. But, you know, the transfer portal is a part of college football, and I'm really curious to see if Rutgers is able to uh, take advantage of it. I mean, you already see there's, I think, two or three Michigan State players in the portal now, and... uh I don't know if that means they're coming to Rutgers or anything like that, but it's it's nice to see that players actually buy into what Greg Shano is saying. And now that he has the 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 stats to back it, the play on the field to back it, the wins, that should matter. Winning is the most important thing in college football, and, and Ruck, luckily Rutgers is getting a taste of it this year. Yeah, this, like I said, the six-win mark is what Shiano has to do consistently. It doesn't matter how many bowl games there are. A bowl game is still something that teams want 
to strive for. They want to be, and obviously, and Rutgers is there. You mentioned before the pinstripe bowl. You have you have thoughts on the pinstripe bowl? Is that not a not a favorite one of yours? It, so it's 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 not. No, it's not. Um, I don't want to watch football at a baseball stadium, specifically Yankee Stadium. I've been there enough. I don't want to be in the Bronx in December. And I went there for the Virginia Tech Maryland game a couple of years ago. And it was a crappy weather day. It was a crappy football game. And it's just not college football. It's it's the antithesis, in my opinion, of college football. You're in the Bronx, New York, at Yankee Stadium, a baseball stadium, watching the ACC and the Big Ten play probably a bad football game. Now, will it be a game where I'm expecting Rutgers fans to show out in, in floods? Yeah. But not that I want to go to Vegas or I want to go to Florida or wherever else. It's just, it's just not a game I want to go to. And... I don't even want to watch it on TV. It's just not in a, it's not, it's probably my least favorite uh, bowl game. And I, not, not that there's many that I'm favored of, but I, we're going to be playing. I saw like possibly like Boston college or wake forest. It's like, all right, great. Rutgers made it to a bowl game. Like let's do it. Like let's play a, well, I guess it was a good wake forest team when they had Sam Hartman at quarterback, yeah. but give me an opponent like that, like a different opponent that we don't see. We played Boston college. We've played wake forest. Like, I don't want to play those those teams. And if it's the ACC, we've already played a number of ACC teams. I don't want to do it again. So it's just just frustrating. I, I'm not a fan of it. But at the same time, like, I don't know how much it changes if Rutgers wins one or two more games. I don't know if that puts us in a different realm of possibility. Obviously, to get to a major bowl, they're going to have to finish the year, what, nine and three at the, at the least, which is unlikely. Uh, so... We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not a fan of, of of the pinstripe bowl. And I've been there. I've experienced it. Rutgers has already played in it. Has Rutgers played in it twice? They know they played in it once, but I, I, I just, once, yeah. yeah, it was against Iowa State, I think. It is um, odd to see, and it feels like that. Aside from just putting the football field right in the middle of the of the infield, basically, it it's it feels like it's never a sunny day. It's always yep. one of those cold, gloomy days. Like watching that yep. game on TV, you know it's going to be dark, and yep. it, it just makes me nervous. You mentioned the teams. I it, this has Rutgers Syracuse written all over it, and like I think Syracuse is four and three right now. Um, I don't know if they could get two more wins. That's a bad football team too. But I mean, you're telling me you're going to throw Rutgers Syracuse some teams like that in the pinstripe bowl? Like that would definitely be an ugly brand of football. It's going to be freezing cold. I, I think one guy in his predictions, I forgot if it was ESPN or where I saw it, had Rutgers going out west somewhere to play the bowl game. And that's honestly best-case scenario. Fans could take a trip, get into the warmer weather, and if you're going out west, you're likely playing one of those teams that Rutgers hasn't seen a lot, that fans don't see a lot. So that would be best-case scenario. But just to throw them in the pinstripe bowl, I don't know. It feels like a bit of a cop-out for the NCAA if they do that just because of where they are geographically. It seems lazy. I agree. It does, but it, lazy. It, it's more so about uh, – I have to imagine. I don't know if the the uh, pinstripe has always been Big Ten ACC, but to me, they made that Big Ten ACC because they probably know either Rutgers or Maryland are going to be in that category of, of or qualify for that bowl game, and that's why they brought both of these teams into the Big Ten was because of those markets. Obviously, Maryland's market isn't New York's, but I'm sure that there's a lot of New York fans down there. All of that is it's it's a big TV thing, in my opinion, um, and it's just. I don't know. Play it at play it at Giant Stadium. Like that would be or Met, excuse me, MetLife Stadium. I can't believe I said that as a Jets fan. But play it there. That would be awesome. I've been begging for college football to be played at at, at MetLife Stadium. Like why not? Like I know they have the high school football state championships there. Like imagine uh 
I don't know, a, a good, I, honestly, a, I don't know about Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse Rutgers would probably draw out a nice crowd to MetLife Stadium. Rather, I mean, Yankee Stadium as well, but it's half the size. Like, it's it's in my opinion. So I, I think it would be cool to see a, a game and it played at MetLife. I don't know if there's ever been a, a college football game played there. Uh, so one that would be that's my dream. My dream is for Rutgers to get to a point where they're possibly like, you know, good, competing for the Big Ten championship. And then you have Penn State coming to town at MetLife. Eighty thousand people would be the closest thing we would have to a, you know, a college game day experience, in my opinion. So that's something I, I dream of. But it's, it's obviously not happening. Yeah, I know Army Navy was at MetLife a couple of years back, but they haven't had a bowl game there. And just looking at the history of the pinstripe bowl. You're right. Rutgers was there twice already. 2011, they beat Iowa State. And then 2013, they lost to Notre Dame. That's one that – that's a team, obviously, you could play. If they're going to the pinstripe bowl, play a team like that. Not necessarily Notre Dame because they're going to be in a bigger bowl game. But a team like that. And it has turned into Big Ten versus ACC. The Big Ten's won the last five uh, – they've won the last six, actually. Wow. But it does. It feels lazy because of the geographic nature of it. But – I don't know. It, it's a weird game. I, I don't think it's one that Rutgers would be excited to go to any bowl game. Obviously, fans are excited to go anywhere to cheer on the team, but it would not have the same vibe going to the pinstripe bowl. I think if that happens, it takes a little bit away because it's not a trip. Rutgers fans have been to Yankee Stadium a million times. They've probably been to the pinstripe bowl twice, you know, with it being in the last uh, 10 or 12 years. I don't know. I would like Rutgers to be placed out west, go play a West Coast team, get into the warmer weather and, you know, show a different brand of football a little bit. Yeah, agreed. I mean, just looking at the teams who have played, it's just not an. Oh, I mean, there's the Maryland Virginia Tech game. Trust me, was was awful. It was terrible. Like it was yeah. clearly the least attended game. It was a crappy day, and the score stunk. But actually, looking at this, there's been some points scored in this in this matchups. Like it hasn't been a complete snooze fest. Uh, but yeah, well, there's been some decent games. Yeah. It's just the overall look of it, I think, is the main thing. You mentioned it's a gloomy day, and I feel I felt the same way. It's never sunny. Unless it's just Yankee Stadium, the cameras in Yankee Stadium, it's never a bright game to watch. It's always very gray. Agreed. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't – I can't. Rutgers is bowl eligible. I, I'm going to be happy and root for them to win whatever bowl game they get to. It's just I have my preferences, I guess, or my lack of – with things I don't want. So – uh, it, it will be it, it will be what it is, but at the same time, I'm just so thrilled. Six and two, six and two. The fact that Rutgers has four more wins than losses just is crazy to say out loud, and a chance to, they they can't finish the year with a losing record, which is even more encouraging, I think. So, I, I don't want to consider this a baby step. But this is a nice step forward for the program, uh, and I think that. They can keep with. I'm curious how this bye week will help the team. I think it comes at a perfect time. And I'm curious if we get back some guys. Chris Long, do we get to see him? Maybe someone like him is going to, I don't know if it's possible to medically redshirt, but it must have been an ankle injury. He hasn't been out for the year, so I imagine he's coming back at some point. And to get Renee Conga back on defense as well uh, would be tremendous. So hopefully this bye week we can get healthy, but luckily there aren't any major lingering injuries outside of the two that I I named. Yeah, first legitimate bowl game since 2014. Obviously, it's a huge step for the team. Rutgers can enjoy the bye week now. They, They took care of business the way they had to. They had to get to six before the bye week or else they were in danger of not getting to six at all, and they were able to get there. So fans and the team can enjoy the bye week. We're going to be back again 
at the end of the week to discuss some things, Rutgers, maybe next week. We'll see what we want to do. But we're going to throw something different at you so there's no no games to talk about, nothing to preview, nothing to recap. So we'll throw some different vibes around the next show um, whenever that may be. But until then, Rutgers is 6-2. and two. Everybody out there, enjoy your bye week. Enjoy a, a stress-free Saturday of college football and enjoy the bye week with Rutgers being bowl eligible for the first time in 10 years.